Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. So I know last week, Bishop had a powerful message. And it was a message for salvation. People was filled the house. It was like the evangelist spirit was on them. He was just powerful. The service was powerful. But this morning, the title of my message is the spirit himself. The spirit himself. The person of the Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. And you say, who... Who is the Holy Spirit? Some of you may have just got saved. You don't know who he is. You never heard of him. You never heard of him. But I can tell you what he's not. He's not an it. He's not somebody that makes you just jumping around. This and that. He is a person. He is a person and he is gentle. He is gentle. He is our helper. He is our comforter. He is the spirit of breath behind the movement of your spirituality. The Holy Spirit is the fire of the love of God in your heart. Some call him the Holy Spirit. Some call him the Holy Ghost. He is the Spirit of God that draws men to Christ. He reveals truth. He guides. He disciplines. He is the Spirit of Christ. He imports Christ's life. He produces Christ's fruits. Reveals things of Christ. When you talk about the fruit of the Spirit, he is the one to help you. The fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, temperance, faith, and self-control. Those fruits, once you receive the Holy Spirit, those fruits you should be producing. You shouldn't be walking in all these hatred, uh, strife, division, talking about people. It shouldn't be that. It should be some fruits should be producing your life. And that's what God wants us to have, fruits in our life, that we can show the Spirit of God in our lives. Amen? The spirit of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the key to true, powerful Christian living. He is the third person of the Holy Trinity. Not least in honor, but last mentioned. God the Father, God the Son. So he's not least in honor, but last mentioned. He is the one that moved in this place today. He is the one that you felt the Spirit of God moving when this man of God was saying, and we welcome in the Holy Spirit. He set you free. You see, the Holy Spirit is not moved by systems. He's moved by your surrendering. When you surrender and just say, Holy Spirit, have your way, he's moving. So those systems and programs and this and this and this, and the Holy Spirit says, I'm not into all that because you're not giving me time to move in people's lives. So as much as you surrender, and when you surrender to that issue that you're dealing with, whatever it may be, when you surrender to it and say, God, I surrender, Holy Spirit, help me. And that's when he tells you to step in. But when you're trying to figure it out yourself, and you're trying to do it yourself, and you don't want to give it up, you don't want to give it up, Holy Spirit say, okay, I can't help you. When you say, God, I surrender. I surrender to you, Holy Spirit. He is co-equal and co-eternal with God the Father. He's three in one. And some people say, I use three in one, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a son, I'm a father, and I'm a husband. He's three in one, but he's three in one also. 
Write this down if you have a pen. I know some people don't bring Bibles and pens no more. He said, the Holy Spirit illuminates the minds of people, makes us yearn for God, and takes spiritual truth and makes it understandable. So he's going to show you things that you don't understand. But when you pray in the Spirit, he's going to take that and make you understand it. Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2.14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can they know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So therefore, you can't take what the world is doing and bring to church. They don't, they don't know what's going on. They don't know the Bible. They're trying to tell you what they feel like or what they got on Facebook or what they got on TikTok. Or what, they're trying to tell you that. Then come in here and just change everything. And then we're supposed to accept it. And then you say something about it, you're judging. What was that? <laughs> no, 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 we're not judging. We're just telling you we live by the word of God. If you want to come in here, hey, you come in here, but you should be changing by the time you get out of here. From the field of whatever you're dealing with, something, something should change you. You know, recently the Lord told me, so you got to get off. I was talking to my, my, one of my prayer partners, brother doing the camera right here, brother Dan. We talk, and when we talk Fridays, we have a Friday time. We set aside and call each other, encourage each other, pray for each other, whatever we got to do. And we're talking about the word of God, uh, houses, because we both into real estate, our, 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 our families, and praying for each other. So he was telling me one day, he said, man, you know, we was talking. He said, oh, the Lord just telling me about this Facebook and just all this social media and quick because the Lord been dealing me, with me with it. And I was like, man, that's true, man. That's true. That's true. And then we got off the phone. I got in prayer and the Holy Spirit said, get off of it. I'm like, he said, yeah, get off of it. He said, yeah, I want you to get off of it. And I was praying. And in the middle of prayer, he stopped me. He said, take your phone and delete all the apps. Facebook. So if y'all haven't seen me on Facebook and I haven't said happy birthday to y'all, happy birthday <laughs> to everyone on Facebook. Because I haven't been on since, since June the 4th. That's when he spoke with me. So I have no Facebook, no Instagram, no Twitter, no whatever. All of us, I have, we still have. And I said, Lord, at least let me have uh, YouTube. Because we look at houses. We send each other houses. We look at me now at home. We send it to, so at least let me look at YouTube. But Facebook, I, I don't have it no more. Because I wanted more of God. So I had to get off that. And when I did that, I tell you, the power of God just been so dramatic. I mean, he's just been doing things in my life that I can't explain. Amen? So listen. He said, and that's why you can't tell certain people about what God is doing. Certain family members, you go home, the spirit was moving this and that. They don't understand that because their mind hasn't been renewed. So they haven't been regenerated. So they don't understand the spirit of God. He just said, church was good. God was good. Come, come see what God is doing. Amen? And Ephesians, if you have your Bible, Ephesians 2.1, it said, and you have he made alive or quickened. See, we was dead in trespassing our sin. And God came and quickened you and quickened your spirit and brought it to life. He brought your spirit to life. Amen. And verse 3 says, Among whom also we all once conduct ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind. See, your mind has to be renewed to the things of God. And the Holy Spirit is the person that can do it. Say, say, Holy Spirit, help me. Just say it. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. If you want him to help you, he's going to help you. If you want him to help you, he's going to help you. And in some things you're going to have to give up. Some things you're going to have to give up. When I first got saved, California, 
California is the hardest place to get saved. I don't know how they do it. Praise God. You got everything lustful out there. And I love it. Love my family still live there. But when God saved me, I went in the church and got it. I'm ready to be saved. And I went to the church on that Friday night. I remember it was so powerful. I went to church on that Friday. And I went to church smoking, drinking. You know, drinking, smoking cigarettes. Went there smoking that Friday night. But when I got to that altar, and some of you have to realize, your flesh is never going to want to come up here to the altar. You got to take the first step. And when I was back there by myself, didn't know nobody in that church in Oakland, California, I took the first step. I said, God, if you're real, show me that you're real. I'm not for this plain stuff and, and all this stuff and still sin. Show me that you're real. And I remember coming to the altar, coming to the altar on that, that Friday night. It was the day before April Fool's. And then uh, I came to the altar and instantly, I got off that altar instantly. The cigarettes and the alcohol instantly was gone out of my life. And I haven't had a desire for it. It's been 28 years. Having drunk, having did anything, and I give God the glory because I was determined to come here and, and see what God is doing. I was determined. Now, other things you have to get away from. You have to desire to get away from a lot of other things. So, and that's the problem, and that's what, oh, man, I have to, so much I want to give you. He said, you see, our flesh, write this down, and I'm going to tell you more about that. He said, our flesh fights against our flesh fight for control. It's the spirit that steps in and helps us. But who God created to create who God created you to be. So the spirit steps in and helps us who God created us to be. You see, so when I was that, I had to step away from that. And I said, God, I have to get away from this. And that's the part. I'm like, God, what, what did I do? So I had to separate myself. Sometimes you got to leave friends and leave people that if you want God, you got to let all that other stuff go. If you really want God, you got to let it go because it's going to control you. And I was determined not to be controlled by anything but the Holy Spirit. So that, that's the separation part of it. And I'm going to talk to you that in a minute. That's the part you're going to have to do. You're going to have deliberately do it to fight against this. Okay. And the Bible says, uh, walking, I mean, walking in the Spirit is a lifelong thing. It requires continued denial of self a desire to be closer with God. At this part, you really have to write down, if you're thinking about it. See, your flesh will fight you the hardest when you pray. The devil will fight you the hardest when you read the word. You see, the flesh dies in prayer. The devil is defeated by the word. The flesh dies in prayer. The devil is defeated by the word. So that's why when you go to pray, you go to pray, your phone starts ringing, Facebook, you want to look at somebody, you want you, 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 all that distraction. That's why, because the flesh don't want to pray. The flesh don't want you to pray. Some of you probably been praying in weeks. And you come here for, for a word, and you're pulling on past, and you're pulling on past, and then you go home and get right back on Facebook. That's your entertainment. You lay down. Before you go to bed, you get on it. Before you wake up, you get on it. That thing will control you. A lot of social, it will control you. You don't have time for anything else. That's, that's your husband. That's your wife. So you have to control it. You don't let it control you. So like I said, the flesh will fight you the hardest when you pray. The devil will fight you the hardest when you try to read the word. So when you pray, you're dying to yourself. See, see, the devil was, when the devil tempted Jesus, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus didn't have time to say, oh, well, let me go and pray. 
What does Jesus say? It is written. In verse 4, he said, it is written. Verse 7, he said, it is written. Verse 10, he said, it is written. He used the word because there's power in the word of God. There's, no, there's power in the word of God. So when you use this word against the devil, he is scared of this. He, he, hey, I know everybody has their phones and say they look quick. 10 minutes time in the word uh, before you go to work. If you're not reading your word or praying and searching some time with God, you're going to be defeated most of the time. Before you get in the parking lot, somebody going to cut in front of you, you're going to be cussing them out because you haven't disciplined this flesh. This is what's going to help you right here. The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, temperance, faith, self-control, the nine fruits. If you don't do those nine fruits, read above that in Galatians chapter 22. Read above and see those 17 things that you're going to be doing. When you get home, read all those 17, I think it's 17, works of the flesh. Works of the flesh, not fruit of the spirit. So if you're doing those works of the flesh, those 17 things, before you get to the fruit of the spirit, you need to check yourself. You need more time to pray. I was talking to a brother, and I said, man, he said, man, my spiritual life is just jacked up. Man, I don't have time to have my spiritual life. And I'm listening to him. I said, what, what are you doing? Well, I get up. I got to get my daughter up. I got to get my kids up. I got to get them up. I said, what time you get up? He said, I, I get up. I was, 7.30, I got to get the kids up at 7.30. I said, so you get up at 7.30 and get the kids up? So what, what time do you have to prepare yourself? That's why your, your life is jacked up. You got to have time to get up. My wife, she be trying to beat me up in the morning. She get up like 4.30, 5 o'clock. I said, I ain't getting up that early. I get up at 6. I'm like, I ain't getting up there. But I don't like it anyway. I don't like her getting up and praying and then I'm still asleep. Come on, man. We got to do better than that. But I thank God for a praying woman. So what I do sometimes, if I get up at 6 and she beat me, I'm praying before we go to bed. <laughs> before we go to bed, when she sleep, everybody sleep, I'm walking through the house, I'm praying. I'm praying. I'm covering my house. Now, when she get up, it's already been prayed for. You know, already, you know what I'm saying? She get up, I say, because I ain't getting up at 4.30 in the morning. Not go downstairs. Come on, Aiden, how you doing? Praise the Lord. Telling me a word. Sometimes she be telling me, God told me this. And I'm like, let me, let me at least just calm down. She be on fire for the Lord early in the morning. But she's a Proverbs 31 woman. Get up and pray. She take care of her family. She do that. Whatever she got to do, she's a good business woman. She, whatever she got to do to take care of her family, she put her family first. Amen. And that's the love she has for her family. So I honor her for that. Amen. So, so listen. When I was in Bible college and Raymond Bible college, I remember the um, instructor told us one day, he said, I'm going to tell y'all something that's going to blow y'all mind. And we was all, you know, you go to Bible college, you think it's like, every day is like church. Every day is like church. So you're thinking about, man, man. So he told us, he said, listen, read your Bible for you, not for getting a word for somebody. Always read your Bible. Yeah, you study to get a word for the church, but you have to read your Bible for you so you can be spiritually fed. Amen? Number two, the Holy Spirit sanctifies you. 1 Corinthians 6, 11. It said, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ by the Spirit of our God. It says, sanctification just means set apart. It's purification of sin. It's a spiritual maturing to become more Christ-like. And I have to say, most of us, most ministers, most preachers, we're bad at that because we got to get better at that. We got to get more of ministering to the people of God, letting them know what you can do, with, you know, how, how to live a Christian life. Not just preach to you. See, preaching gets you saved. Teaching keeps you saved. Mm. So if you're not taught the word, you're just going to come. Ooh, that was a good message. And you're going back 
to the club Friday night. There's nothing keeping you safe. So we got to teach you the word. So us ministers, we got to do better. Because in Ephesians 4.11, it said, we equipped you. It said, the Bible said, we equip you. We, as ministers, we equip you. So we have to do better. It said, and this is where the sanctification part, this is where most Christians stop. Because it gets hard. And we feel like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. See, you're born again. You're justified. You're going to the, the sanctification side. And then you're glorified when Jesus comes back for us. But the middle part, that's when most Christians fall off because it's hard. Because you're dying to this old flesh, you're dying to yourself, and now you're becoming new. You're renewing your mind. And that's what most Christians say, I can't do this. I'm done. I can't do this. And then they pull away. Amen. Say, grieve not, Ephesians 4.30, say, grieve not the Holy Spirit. Now, when you grieve something, you say, to be sad or be sorrow. Of God, whom we were once sealed until the day of redemption. I love that word sealed. And what he mean by that, the Holy Spirit sealed us. When God, Jesus came, Jesus said, I'm leaving, but I'm coming back for you. So I'm going to put a stamp on you of a seal to let you know you belong to me. So I'm coming back for you. So he left us the Holy Spirit so we can get through this world, get through this crazy world by the Holy Spirit. So when somebody tells you, you know, I've been sealed. You know, your mom just puts something on the little way and say, I'm coming back for it. You know, come you were sealed. Jesus said, I'm coming back for you. You got the Holy Spirit in you. But you grieve the Holy Spirit. It says in Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And malice just means the intention or desire to do evil. So all this stuff, this talking, this anger, this bitterness, all this stuff, you're grieving the Holy Spirit. If you're around somebody that's just constantly gossiping, constantly this and that, you know, the Holy Spirit is nowhere in that. He just said it right there. So you got to pull yourself away from You ever left somebody, he's like, whoa, my spirit just feels, you got to go really pray. They didn't talk about everybody in your presence. It grieves the Holy Spirit. You don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, amen? And number three, uh, he makes you more like Christ. He make you more like Christ. Second Corinthians 3.18. But we will all, I love this. He said, but we will all with unveiled faces, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, as being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You see, our goal is to become Christ-like. And this is only through the Holy Spirit. Now write this down if you have a pen. He said, Say so you're either conforming or transforming. Romans 12, I love that. Sometimes I read the word, I tell you, my sometimes I read the word, and God would say something, I have to get up and walk around. I call my wife, I call her, she, I have to tell it to her because it's so powerful. I'm like, he said, you're either conforming or transforming. He said, we start conforming when we become a child and you were born. So you're conforming to that image of your parents. If there was poverty, if there was whatever, and they talked about all this stuff, you're conforming into that image. But you start transforming. When you become born again, and God quickened your spirit, now you start transforming into the image of Christ. So now you don't do those old things no more. Those old ways and those old habits, you got to be transformed. You see, be not conforming to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you do that? You renew your mind with the word. You have to stay in the word to renew your mind, to be transformed. Amen? He said, and I love this part. 
See, most people do things out of a wounded soul. Hurting people hurt people. See, most people sin out of a wounded soul. I remember a, a, a friend of mine sent me an illustration of sin, how far sin would do. It was, a, it was a cage. I'm trying to say this. A cage with a divider. It had two dogs on each side. So this lady, she had a big old hair. She had a big old thing on the head. So she was trying to get the, the, the rag from one dog, and she was just tugging the dog, dog. She couldn't get it, so she reached over some more. The other dog grabbed the head, grabbed the hair. So she's struggling with this, and she's struggling with the dog. And the spirit said, write this down. Hallelujah. Sin would take you further than you want to go, make you stay longer than you want to stay, and make you pay more than you're willing to pay. So you're dealing with sin, and you stuck your head in there, now you're dealing with another issue. I'm just going to the strip club just to see who's in there, see who's in there, and that lust spirit on you, then you're fornicating on your wife. I'm just going to the bar just to get a drink, and you get drunk, and you start, it leads you to something else. So see, you can't play with sin. You got to cast that thought down. I'm not doing that. The Bible says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. Write this down. Every time you sin, something must die. Every time you sin, something must die. Because he said the wages of sin is death. So every time you sin, you're paying for it. That's the wages of sin. Now this here is going to blow your mind. The devil thought he was smart. He said, this is what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to take what God hate and put it in with God love. God hates sin, but he loves us. So the devil said, I'm going to take sin and put it in man. So that's going to make God have to hate him because the wages of sin is death. He thought he was smart. But God is always on top of the devil. God said, I'm going to take what I love, which is Jesus, put it in what I love, which is human, and take out what I hate, which is sin. (laughs) God said, no, 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 no. I'm going to take, I know what you did, but I'm going to take it out. So when you confess your sins, you come to the altar, you give your life to Jesus, you're a born new person. You're a brand new person. Jesus said, I, I give you life. I'm a brand new person. I don't have to deal with the sin and the cares of this world. So stay strong in the Lord. Amen? Stay strong. Number four, he said, he helps you to do the Father's will. In Acts 19, 20, uh, uh, I love this. I want to read this because... Uh, I, I have to read it because he said uh, some people are trying to do the Father's will without the Holy Spirit. And I don't know how you're doing it. I don't know how you're living without the Spirit. I'm like, but listen, he said, and it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesians and finding some disciples and said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, we have not so much of heard of the Holy Spirit. Like, what? You're trying to do this without the Holy Spirit? You haven't heard of the Holy Spirit? So God will send you to, to, to tell people and teach people. And I have to tell this most powerful testimony of God's healing power, his healing power, his healing virtue. God called, uh, we have a friend that was uh, suffering with cancer. And uh, God said, we, we used to take our kids up on week on summertime and help. This time we had to take him up. The father brought him up to our house, 
for Sunday, I mean, with Thursday, so we can take him to the zoo and just get him out because she had to go through chemo. She just wanted him to have a good time. So we brought him up Thursday. Soon they brought him up, Caleb, our son, said, how are we, how, how we going to get him back? How are we going to, we got a car, you know what I'm saying? I give my car to my daughter, Kennedy. She, she's grown now. I give her my car. So we got my wife's car. I said, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out because we got Caleb take the whole back seat. I don't know y'all seen him later. He's like a giant. And uh, so we got another teenager, another son, and then a car seat. Where the car seat? So I'm like, Jesus, how are we going to do I said, well, I said, should I call him and tell him? And I said, no, don't tell him. I said, we'll, we'll work it out. I said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And uh, so they brought him up. We brought him back Sunday. So we in the lady house. We brought him back Sunday in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We had to go back to Tulsa. Broken Arrow, matter of fact. Oh, that's where she lived. So we said, uh, we in there, and we talking, and then the Holy Spirit started moving. She was telling them they got to cut half of her brass off to get to the camp. And she's telling us all this, and she's telling us that. I said, man, I said, man, the Holy Spirit says, pray. Right now, just pray. So I stood up, and I started praying, and laying hands on me, just was praying. My wife was praying. We was in the Spirit. We, all of us was praying, just praying, praying, praying. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, I stood up, and the Holy Spirit said, now worship. So we started worshiping the Lord and laid the house, just worship, praising God, praising God, praising God. And the spirit was so strong. I never experienced the spirit, of, the spirit of God that strong in my life. It was so strong, but you just couldn't move. We just were st- still. And I was like, glory to God. For, for a few minutes, I had to really touch my wife and say, we, we got to go. Because we were there for one day, dropping the kids off, coming back Monday. And then we left. And I looked at my wife in the car and said, man, that spirit was strong. She said, yes, it was strong. I said, man, God, blah, blah, blah. So on the way back, my, my wife said, uh, my wife started crying. I'm like, we driving the car. I said, what's going on? This is the 31st. This is the first. Let me see my phone real quick, man. My wife sent me this. She sent me this. I said, what you crying for? She sent me this. And this is what God is doing right now. That's why you got to be ready and ready to move when God is moved. She's, the lady have a post that she keeps, you know, the journey of her counsel. But she has, she have a journey, so she put it in there every day, and people read it. This is what she posted the next day on August the 1st. She said, the day I, was, I had a follow-up visit with my surgeon to see what impact the chemo was making on the cancer this for. She did an ultrasound on my left breast. As she was looking at the camera, she asked me, do you still feel the cancer? I told her, I never felt it initially, but I only saw it on the ultrasound when the biopsy was done. When she was finished, she said, I don't see any cancer. Listen, 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 gotta hear it. She said, Remember, the mass was 10 centimeters, about the size of a grapefruit in my left breast. She said, This is amazing. Only after two rounds of chemo and the lip notes under my arm went from being seven cancerous ones down to two. She said she had never seen someone respond so quickly to chemo. No, Holy Spirit. <laughs> after she left the room, my mom ran around the room shouting and praising God. She took a run for me since I was too weak. After two rounds of chemo, gone. God. God said, if you only believe, if you only believe, these signs and wonders will be done quickly in your life, if you believe. We said this prayer, this prayer I got from this Amos 9, 13, uh, in the Amplified Bible, Message Bible, I got from Brother Jim, Jimison years ago at the, at the uh, Brother Encounter. 
He said, uh, and I want you to repeat this after me. I know we, we, we on time and all that stuff, but just repeat this after me, okay? I want you to repeat it. And this is what God is doing in our lives if you only believe. Right. Repeat this after me. He said, uh, where is it at? Say, yes, indeed. It won't be long now. God decree. Things are going to happen so fast. Your head will swim. One thing fast on the heel of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings, blessings, blessings. He said, everywhere you look, blessings will become. You better jump in and receive that. God, I want it now. I want the blessings of the Lord now. I'm not waiting. I'm not doing it. If that young girl can lay hands on a sick and they can walk yesterday, I want the same anointing. I want the same power. I'm not waiting. If God can use us to go down to Tulsa to, to pray for somebody and cancer is gone just like that. And God don't, God pay for what he do. He pays for it. He pays for it. Now, this is the part going to blow your mind. Remember, it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Stand up. In Tulsa, Oklahoma. Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. My job. Now, you know we didn't have the car to take the kids back. My job, pick up stuff all the time, different places and whatever. So this is Friday after the kids came up. The owner of the job texts me, his wife, which I share my wife. She know him. We don't know them. The owner texts me. Say, hey, Troy, we got something we have to pick up. She said, we got to pick up something, and I want to know if you want to go do this ride. I'm like, I got these kids, and I don't want to go, you know, I don't want to go ride nowhere. So sometime before, you got to drive and get. She said, you can use the company SUV. She said, you can use the company SUV, which is a Suburban. You can take the company gas card, which is Quick Trip. Take the Quick Trip gas card and go get this item. And I was about to say, oh, I'm off. I don't do the Holy Spirit. So actually, where is it? I text her back. I said, uh, blah, 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 blah. I said, okay, but where is it? The lady texts me back and she said, it's a place called Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, right outside of Tulsa. I said, I text, I, I, I screenshot it and sent it to my wife. And she was just shouting. She said, how are we going to get the, the kids rolled back in the suburban DVD player? They had earphones on. They was riding back in luxury. They were just riding back to Tulsa. All of them had space. Caleb had the whole back seat. God paid for everything. God paid for us to go down there. He paid for gas, paid for the ride, paid. And then I get back to work. I get back to work Tuesday. I get back to work Tuesday. I go in the office. The receptionist say, oh, I got something for you. She gave me $10. This is for your toll. And it's $5 to go and $5 to come back and pay for the toll. Pay for the toll to go down there. God is not playing these days. But God was concerned about that young lady to be healed. Because he knew if we go down there, we was going to do what he called us to do. He knew we was going to do it. We didn't pay for it. The first time ever we went to Tulsa, didn't pay for anything. Anything. And she said, how many hours is it going to take? We're going to we pay you hours. How many hours? I said, I'm going to take four hours to get down there, four hours to get back. She said, we'll give you nine. We'll give you nine hours to go down there. God is moving in this place. And I have to continue on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
It's the leading of the Holy Spirit that can keep a Christian from stumbling or derailing. It takes hearing from the Word of God, a hearing from the Spirit that leads you. Romans 4, 14, I mean 8, 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went about doing good and healing all who was oppressed of the devil. Acts 10, 38. And I'm moving quickly because I know time why. And the Holy Spirit would give you hope. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Hope is God's hope. Hope is fueled to the soul. That's why we got to stop hurting people in the church. That's why we have to stop people. We got to stop tearing people down. I love every bishop said that last week. I love everybody. You may not like me, but I love everybody. I treat everybody the same. Black, white, I don't care who you are. I love everybody. And especially in this church home. When people hurting in the church, my heart hurts. And I hear people talking about people, pulling people down in the church. We all one big family. We all got issues. Especially the black family. Everybody got all their different issues. So it's the church is. We are one big family. I love everybody. I don't treat nobody different. Everybody know me. I'm going to treat you all the same. The sisters in the church are my sisters. The brothers are my brothers. And I lesson after those. I got a wife. I'm not, I want you. I, I got, that's my sisters. Amen. These are my brothers. And that's who I am. And I'm going to treat you the same. You talk to me. We have time. We fellowship. We talk. We do all things. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to, hey, let me see, see. Let me see. I'm going to go keep going. Amen, Troy. Be in confidence. No, I'm going to say this. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. And they will walk and not faint. Put your hope in Jesus. Continue to walk in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Verse one, number six. The Holy Spirit will guide you in prayer. It says Romans 8, 26. And likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we are, but the Spirit helps uh, make intercession for us. Sometimes you don't know what to pray. You don't know what to pray, but the Spirit of the living God will tell you what to pray. You know, my wife, I have this thing. She said, Lord, uh, give me prayer. When she used to say that, I was saying, that means give me what to pray for. Sometimes she'd be right on right on top because in that message with the young lady when she finished praying because I prayed when my wife finished praying she said Lord amaze the doctors this came out of my wife she said amaze the doctors and just came out of my mouth so the doctors was amazed by what God did amen and verse uh, number 7 the Holy Spirit used you for evangelists and this is the last one he used you for evangelists but you will receive power Acts 1.8 Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And be my witness in Kansas City, Jerusalem, and all the Judea and Samaria. Telling people about Jesus and making disciples our most important role on this earth. The last thing Jesus said before he ascended unto heaven, the last thing he said, I'm going to say this, Mark 15, 11. We you have your Bibles and start reading your Bibles, people. Don't don't depend on coming to church and disrespect the pastor to give you everything. You don't have a Bible, you don't have an iPad. Bring something, do something, write something down. It's like school to me. I'll be at the end of the seat. I'll be like, man, this is good. I'll be like, Shh, give me more. You know, Bishop be throwing out all those nuggets. I'm like, man, 
you know, uh, Mark 16, what did I say? Mark 16, 15. This is the last thing Jesus said before he left on earth. He said, and he said to them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who will believe and is baptized shall be saved. He said, those who believe and baptize will be saved. He said, so go, he will make you want to evangelize. He will make you want to tell people about Jesus. He will make you want to do things. He said, having the Holy Spirit with us means having the power to be a witness. Telling people what Jesus did for us on the cross, how he conquered death and reigned victoriously. In Acts 2.41, Peter preached, 3,000 people got saved. Acts 4, I think it's in verse 4, 5,000 people got saved. Acts 5.15, he said, and believers were added to the Lord. Multitude were added, both men and women. I look at Acts. I love the book of Acts because Acts is an acronym for Acts. For me, I always have different acronyms. He says, Acts, active Christians terrorizing Satan. <laughs> active Christians terrorizing Satan. So if you're sitting out here and ain't doing nothing, devil ain't worrying about you. You ain't telling nobody about Jesus. You just worry about being blessed. I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed. I got a nice home. I got a nice couple. You ain't telling nobody about Jesus. Nobody getting saved. You see, see, God said, I'm not, God not into all, God want us blessed, but that's not God, just because you're blessed and you have a house and you drive. People think the church is just a big old, everybody just get blessed and you're saved. You see, you come to the front row, everybody blessed, you get saved. You made it, you made it if you, you got a lot of money. Jesus said, that, that don't define the Christianity. It's good to have, but what are you doing telling people about you hurting people? Go ahead and tell people about Jesus. Amen. Now, I have told you about my friend, my helper, that helped me for 28 years. 28 years and 23 years of being faithful to my wife. And if it wouldn't been for the Holy Spirit, I don't know how I would have made it. I don't know how I would have made it because he helps you. Men, you need to be a Holy Spirit lad to lead your wife, lead your kids. Men, you need to forgive when the Holy Spirit tells you to forgive. Be the stronger one when you and your wife have a disagreement. But you need to be the one to say, I'll take it for the family. Oh, baby, I'm sorry. I, you know, whatever. Because women are emotional. So you can't be emotional with her. Both of y'all are just emotional. I'm hurt. She's hurt. But who's going to? Come on now. And that's most time women want. Just want you to just, I'm sorry. I forgive me. And listen. I mean, when my wife first got married. I said, listen, but still watching the game. Listen, watching the game, watching, doing, moving around. She's like, you ain't listen to me. Those spirits say, you got to stop and listen to her. and Just give her full divided attention. So I started listening to my wife. And that's how a woman gets a release. That's how by listening to her. Yes. Listening to her and letting her talk. You know, after they finish talking, they're like, ah, thank you. You know, they just feel so good. And you didn't listen. They just, you didn't listen to them. You just like, oh, just, thank you for listening, my wife. Thank you for because I heard her. And women emotion, they want to be heard. Men, we want to be soon they start talking, how can I fix it? What, what I need to do? Uh, uh, what I need to do. We're trying to fix the issue. Sometimes you just gotta listen. So I'm learning how to listen to my wife, learning how Lord helped me to listen. Because she has a lot to say. She is a 
She is a powerful house woman of God. And when she talk, boy, she, she just, you got to listen. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.